0: Let me ask you to turn this evening to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I want to read the portion of Scripture that gives us the fullest instruction with regard to the Lord's table. Actually, what we read each time we come to partake of the elements, we call the words of institution. Um, You find the parallel... The wording is, well, taken from the institution of the Lord's Supper in the Gospels. But Paul probably wrote these words before the Gospels were penned. But also, and for part of our purpose this evening, he wrote them in response to a problem. He wrote them to deal with abuses that were surrounding the Lord's table in the church at Corinth. And I thought it fitting, having read and dealt with the section that we did this morning in Romans, the commendations, the the benefits, the blessings that we display there to, by way of contrast, come tonight to Paul's dealing with the church at Corinth when it was falling short of those graces that we found there. So let us read this evening from 1 Corinthians 11, starting in verse 17. You'll remember from the opening portion of the chapter that Paul praises the Corinthians for their obedience, their following, and the apostolic teaching. But there were two particular areas, both of which had to do with public worship, that he needed to write to them with regard to correction. So we come to verse 17, to the second of these. Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that ye come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must also be heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper. One is hungry, and another is drunken. What, have ye not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night prayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. this do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped saying. This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation. And the rest will I set in order when I come. As I said, I thought tonight of coming to this portion of Scripture, because obviously what Paul had gotten word of, and was writing to rebuke in the church at Corinth, is very distant from what we described in the churches say at Rome, what we read in Romans 16 this morning. It's not that perhaps the Romans did not struggle with some of the sins that were openly manifested here in Corinth, but Paul finds no cause to rebuke. The Corinthians perhaps have the Notoriety in Scripture as being a church that had many things that Paul had to rebuke and serve in that way to us. But as we look at this section where he deals with their abuses, with what was transpiring in their midst, surrounding what was supposed to be the table of the Lord, what was supposed to be one of the most precious points of their common worship together, Instead, it had turned into something quite different. And so I just want to think of this rebuke or these rebukes that we find here and really what necessities Paul puts before them that they were neglecting, certainly that we should all have as we come properly to the table of the Lord. And the first of these I would just say simply is where we left off this morning. The necessity... Of love. Commentators are nearly universally agreed that what was transpiring in Corinth and what Paul is rebuking is a division, a lack of respect, if you will, a failure in true communion between the well-to-do in the Corinthian church and the poor. were divisions in Corinth, that's the first thing we find he rebukes, the parties, the Paul, Apollos, Peter, and then of course the truly holy party, those that were of Christ. So the Corinthians were not um, distant as it were from divisions among themselves. But what scholars believe is the case Paul is describing here because that final admonition is tarry one for another. That there were those of the affluent in the church that were using the gatherings of the Lord's people as an occasion for feasting. They came, they brought their meals, they brought their dainties as it were, they brought their wine, and some even were wrestling with intoxication. It's remarkable you can consider the nature of that gathering where some people are drunk and some people are hungry. There was a rift to be sure. But these that were Gathering there and unwilling to tarry. Some suggest, and there's discussion among church historians, we live in a city where we can appreciate those discussions. What were the love feasts that we find in the New Testament? Moravians have taken them as a different event and have those different meetings throughout the year. Some suggest it's not that the feasts of charity were a way of describing the Lord's table in itself, but that as the church met, much like the Lord and the disciples met in the upper room, they did share a regular meal, but then a portion of that was singled out for an observance just as in the upper room of this New Testament sacrament. And so here these wealthy among them are feasting Many suggest those perhaps among the slaves in the Corinthian church, as we found them well represented in Rome this morning, unable to arrive perhaps as early as the A lot of their time wasn't their own, and none had tarried for them. There was a despising of them. And here as they gather, Paul says it's gone so far as to say when you gather in this way, this is not the Lord's table. Another time in the New Testament where that particular construction is found. The Lord's. It's in Revelation chapter 1 where we read the Lord's day. Paul said what has happened in Corinth has degenerated to such a point it can't be called the Lord's table. You've so abused the ordinance, you've so misused your brethren that I have to write and rebuke you. You think of a gathering of the Lord's people, a church service, the communion service at that, and he says, You come together not for the better, but for the worse. I wonder how many times in church history, corporately, or individually, it would have to be said we come together for the worse instead of for the better. So I say... We find in Paul's rebuke of the Corinthians the necessity of love. How can these, a different social class, different economic status, and yet equally purchased by the blood of Christ, how can they be so despised? by brethren the necessity of love the middle section of this portion of the chapter from verse 23 to 27 which we read as we partake of the elements it just gives us the institution of the lord's supper paul's description and the words of our lord at that occasion but if you follow through his argument and what he has put before us here in giving that instruction, we find secondly what I just describe as the necessity of understanding and reverence. Do we really recognize what we're about here? We're coming to remember Christ. We're coming in such a way as to proclaim His death. The word show we've Spoken of before in the authorized version here. Show with an E and not an O. I remember as a little boy the first time that one was put in front of me. Okay, that's different. But, well, you have to learn it. It's part of English. But what's underneath has the idea not of showing as a visual representation. You, you show somebody a picture or whatever. But proclamation. What we do here, our Lord, and Paul goes through the institution of our Lord's words in the upper room, and even that in itself just obliterates the, the, the doctrines of the mass. And Christ hands them the bread and says, this is my body. The body of Christ was there instead of standing in front of them as He was. This represents my body, which is broken for you. Take of this new ceremonial meal in remembrance of Me. In the same way the cup, representative of His blood, shed for our sins. To understand that. To distinguish this ordinance from an ordinary meal. Even if the church gathered to have a full meal, with themselves, as we often would have fellowship meals together. This was distinguished from it, just as in the upper room. We're pausing in a sacramental way through a visible picture to meditate on something, to focus on truth, to focus on the outworking of our redemption. Can we be irreverent? Can we be uncaring about our brethren? Can we have the attitude Paul is rebuking in the Corinthians if we're really engaged in gospel thinking at the table? the cost of our redemption. Bloodshed people of every tribe and tongue and kindred the necessity of i say understanding and reverence we're proclaiming we are visually enacting causing ourselves to remember the work of Christ for our souls As we come to verse 28, the last section of this portion of the chapter, we read there, "...but let a man examine himself. So let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh condemnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body." I think I've shared in the past There's been some discussion, I think it's perhaps more recent discussion, on the body there. Not discerning the Lord's body, is that harking back to the particular sin? That some of these uncaring individuals at Corinth weren't recognizing the body of Christ, meaning the church, their fellow believers. It's kind of an interesting thought, and you think of the context and the problem but it seems most clear here contextually that it's discerning the body of Christ. His own body. What is pictured in the elements. Again, recognizing clearly their pictures. But in our meditations, in what we're called upon to do, To recognize that broken body and the reason for it. Let a man examine himself. So let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. He that eateth and drinketh unworthily. He's speaking here about working up merit. He's not saying once you're a worthy enough person, you can come to communion. It's to partake of the communion service, to partake of the elements of this sacrament in an unworthy manner. To not be discerning the Lord's body. To not be thoughtfully remembering the work of Christ to redeem our souls. And so here, the necessity of that self-examination. What are we confessing as we proclaim the Gospel again? Again, through these elements. Our need. Our sinfulness. Our inability to save ourselves. The necessity of this awful cost of the body and blood of Jesus. Then to in a right manner partake. I remember as a young person Communion was the time to confess all your sins. It was almost like the confession booths had to be in the front and you came through there on the way in. It was the Protestant confessional. I think there can be a misuse of that. I mean, we have to take our place with the psalmist. Lord, cleanse my secret sins. I'm so sinful, if I try and name every sin before I come to this service, I'll never come. But the man in which we come. Again, gospel thinking. Who am I? That for my sake, my Lord should take frail flesh and die. Who am I? That the body and blood of the one spotless one would be sacrificed for me. Self-examination is going to bring us to humility and reverence as we come to this table. If we're examining ourselves, if we're rightly and with gospel hearts coming to this Lord's table, how could we possibly drift into the abuse that Paul is calling out in Corinth? if we are truly believers, if we are truly reviewing the work of Christ for our souls, how could we possibly do as the Corinthians did? It's a remarkable section here and it's something that has application beyond just this ordinance. But Paul says this is so serious, has become so serious in your midst. For the reason of this abuse, there are many weak and sickly among you, and some sleep. I thought often of that comforting way. You know, the Lord will take at times more, if you will, from those in the world than those that profess His name. He'll only let His own children go so far before He will chasten them to correct them or bring them home. We think of that mindset of the Lord. Do you ever have the experience, whether it's as a child or as a parent, you're a little harder on your own family than you are on other people? I'm not talking about anger or whatever, but we expect more from those that we're related to. As a parent seeks to guide the child, they might expect more from them than they expect from someone else's child because, well, they haven't told the other child about X, Y, and Z and how in our family we do X, Y, and Z. So, There's a particular care and a particular expectation and then at times a particular rebuke that comes upon our own. The Corinthians here, I say there's at least the comforting footnote to this pretty stern rebuke that the Lord chastened some in Corinth because they were his own. But I say this most instructive chapter and the place where we find the words of institution flows out of a report that Paul hears of abuse, of a lack of love that a company was supposed to be, but as Paul said, really had ceased being. The Lord's table. Let us come tonight to the Lord's table. Let us understand the necessity, the expression of love as we have been loved, we might so love one another. The necessity of understanding and reverence. Some of those pieces are what we wrestle with even with admission to the table. To have a point of maturity and wisdom to discern the pictures, to discern the reality behind the pictures. And then that necessity of self-examination. Marvel that God has saved the likes of me. And how that's going to lead me to rejoice in God accepting the likes of my neighbor. Whatever differences may exist between us in this worldly realm, one in Christ Jesus. I trust the Lord will help us, help us be more like what we saw on display in those greetings to the Romans than this sad rebuke that Had to come to the Corinthians. Let me ask you tonight to turn in your blue hymnal.